Reading today is from Psalms 23. I will start with the Swahili, then English. Zaburi 23. Mwana ndiye mchungaji wangu sitakungukiwa na kitu. Katika malisho ya majani mabichi hunilaza. Kando ya maji ya utulivu uniongoza. Uniuhisha nafsi yangu na kunyongoza katika njia za haki kwa ajili ya jina lake. Naam. Ninapopita kati ya bonde la uvuli wa mahuti sitaogopa mabaya. Kwa maana wewe upo pamoja nami. Gongo lako na fimbo yako jenifariji. Wahandaa meza mbele yangu machoni pa watesi wangu. Menipaka mafuta kichwani pangu. Na kikombe changu kinafurika. Hakika wema na fadhili zitanifuata siku zote za maisha yangu. Nami nitakaa nyumbani mwabwana milele. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in the green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah, thanks, Michael, for that uh, reminder. And it's uh, good to hear how, you know, we're all kind of taking care of each other during these days. And um, just really glad that we can we can connect like this, uh, even though it's it's online. It feels different, but uh, again, I just want to say how thankful I am that we can um, come together uh, through through this technology and join each other online and. I'd like to pray for you uh, before we look to God's Word. And I know, you know, we're in the midst of this, this strange season, but still on top of that, there, there, there's still the things of life that are concerning. And some of you are walking through sickness, and some are recovering from, from surgery, and, and, and there's just the, the, the normal stresses of life and issues that you brought into this season and now this season on top of that and so um, I'm thankful that we can we can join like this and kind of press pause from all the noise and just fix our hearts and our minds upon our Savior and as we've been led in worship this morning and and now let me let me pray for you before we uh, before we turn to God's Word. So, Lord, I want, I want to thank you that we can come together like this, and I thank you for your presence that we feel even in this very moment. I just thank you that you are near us, 
I thank you that you're near us and you're, you'll, you, you've promised to never leave us. And so I pray for uh, that, that sense of, of your closeness, Lord, to be so real uh, in, in homes right now, Lord. And I pray you would just come now in a very special way with your peace and your comfort and a sense of hope today, Lord. Um, we just fix our hearts and minds upon you in this moment. Continue, Lord, to draw us together as a congregation, Lord. Just continue to inspire us and remind us to, to check in on people and to care for one another, to pray for one another. And we're just thankful for the work of your Spirit in our lives and even in the life of our church during this unusual season. And so we, we lift you up, Jesus. We exalt you and praise you. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. Well, this, um, this global pandemic is a reminder, I think, of just how fragile we are and how fragile life really is. You know, our, our lives, our systems, our institutions, our, our economy. I mean, it's incredible how the world has been kind of brought to a standstill in this time. I was speaking to a missionary friend in, in Senegal, West Africa this week and just touching base and, you know, he experiencing what we're experiencing here at a different level. And, but uh, he tells me, you know, borders are closed, the airport is closed, the, the city is, is on lockdown. And what a reminder of the fragility of life, the the fragility of, of the things around us that we instinctively put our trust in. And, and what a reminder that nothing in this world is guaranteed. That everything can be adjusted and even taken away in a moment. Of course, we all have a lot of time to think these days. And I was thinking uh, of, uh, my mind went back to 9-11. And uh, many people have described that, that day as a day when, when the earth stood still. It's a day that changed a lot of things about our world. And I was, I was pastoring in a central Newfoundland town called Lewisport, uh, just about 40 minutes um, away from, from Gander. And many of you have seen, I'm sure, that the musical Come From Away. Uh, and, of course, Lewisport does get a little shout-out there. But, of course, the, the, it's centered on the events of Gander. And we actually, as a family, got to take that in just a little while ago. But I remember pastoring that church and the call coming in to us as a church saying, we need your help. We, we, we need you to open up your church to, uh, to, to kind of play host to a plane load of people. And so I remember the, the evening, this plane load full of people. A plane en route from Milan, Italy to Newark, New Jersey. And I remember that evening when, when the, the yellow school bus pulled up into our, our church lot. And I remember the faces of these people uh, just getting off this bus, bewildered, the, the anxiety just tangible, and just walking into our church. And, and I remember that one of the first things they wanted, to, to, wanted was a TV. Many of them had yet to see what had happened that day. But when I think back upon that time, one of the things that I remember about that time was the power of touch. Uh, 
the healing power of just being together. You know, of hugging each other and, and eating together and playing cards around tables together in the church. And, and I remember one evening during that, that week, I, uh, we organized this, this community church service and invited everyone to come together. And, and, and what a moment as we all gathered together in worship and praise and looked to God in the midst of the chaos of, of that week. We're, we're yet to see how this crisis will change us, how it may change the world. But as we're kind of living this in real time, we know that this is unlike anything we've ex experienced. And in this crisis, we can't be together. <laughs> and so we've got to be a little creative and look for ways to to connect with each other and to be with each other. Someone, someone reached out to me after our midweek uh, prayer time this week and, and just expressed appreciation for it and said, you know, it, it made me feel like I'm not really isolated. And, and, and so in this moment, as we try to stay connected by phone calls and by emails and by video streaming and FaceTime, I, I also pray that you're bringing your longing for, for connection to God in prayer and worship. And I hope that this crisis is, is reminding us about the joy of intimacy with God. Of, of real, uh, heartfelt communion with God. And I, I pray for moments in your life where you are swept up by the Spirit to experience the nearness of God and the sweetness of, of fellowship with God. Psalm 27 says, the psalmist says, One thing have I asked of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to gaze upon the beauty of of the Lord. And so may, may these days increase our desire for God's presence. May, may you have moments where you shut things off and just create space for moments where, where you gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. You know, intimacy speaks of really knowing and being known by another. And so th this, is, this is intimacy with God is more about knowledge about God. It's, we're talking about relational intimacy, about our entire being being caught up in, in the experience of, of God's presence and God's nearness. I would, I would suggest that our experience of God's nearness is it's not really speaking to God's natural proximity but it's our experience of intimacy with him. And certainly our knowledge of God should, should fuel our intimacy. There's no doubt that in life, uh, there are struggles ahead that we cannot see. And we're clearly in a moment that we did not see coming. And like many of you, uh, Angela and I try to uh, get out for, for a walk and and, uh, you know, it, it's not too often in the past where we've been walking towards someone and we both want to, you know, kind of go our own separate ways. But we're doing that. So, yeah, yeah Friday, Friday, um, Friday afternoon, we, we uh, wanted to go for a walk. And as we were going out, 
uh, one of our neighbors was leaving his house at the same time and so we we stayed out on the sidewalk he stayed out on his front on his front porch and had a conversation next thing we know another neighbor sees us there opens up the door and stays on on her front uh, her, her front step there and having this conversation. And, and, and the conversation kind of centered around the fact that how could we have ever predicted something like this? We, you know, how could we ever have imagined this is where we would be? And so we're in this, we're in this sudden and unexpected season of waiting and in this season, I want us this morning to turn to a scripture passage that talks about waiting patiently, waiting patiently in hope. So if you have a Bible there, you can turn with me to Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8. And, and the main point I have for you today is that one of the ways God deals with human suffering and pain is by Touching our spirits with hope. The hope that God is making all things new. And so my prayer this morning is that we'll turn our affections toward this hope. That God is making all things new as we wait patiently in these days. Let me read to you from Romans chapter 8 verses 18 to 26. This is a favorite chapter of mine. Scripture says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly, as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Hmm. Uh, groaning is a theme in this, um, in this scripture passage. And so it seems like we as, as people groan, but then also in the text, creation itself is pictured as groaning. And there's this sense in which the writer kind of presumes that the world is out of order and needs to be made right. And, and it's because of this reality that we, along with creation, 
are, are groaning. And so um, our groanings point to our pain and to confusion and, and our grief. We, we often sigh with grief-stricken sighs. You know, you've no doubt done that. It's, it's, it's a broken world, and so we, we groan and we sigh. But, but as people who've been transformed by God's power, it, it, the good news is that our groaning is located in the soil of God's hope. This hope that, that God is making all things new, that, that while things are broken, that God has a plan for something profoundly new. And one of the ways God helps us deal with the painstaking complexities of this life is by rooting our groanings in hope. By rooting our, our laments in hope. Future hope, the, the hope of God's new world. And so in this passage, we have, we have hope colliding with tragedy as we set our affections in the promise of God who said, I am making all things new. Now, I, I, I want you to notice here what the writer says about our hope, about the hope of God's new world. And Paul uses the word glory to, to refer to this hope. Look at verse 18. He says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Now, I'm sure you've met some people who have the gift of saying all the wrong things at all the wrong times. Maybe you can think of some of the, I'll say, silly things that uh, maybe people have said to you, uh, maybe in times of, of struggle. And, and maybe you, you've, you've had people uh, who, after you have you've shared your struggle with someone, that they seem to have just far too quickly want to diminish it. You know, one, one of the famous things people like to say, well, you know, someone else, uh, you know, has, has got it worse. Well, you know, thank you for that. Have you ever considered a, a job in counseling? You know, you, you've got a real gift. And so we all, we all know people like that. But I want you to notice here that Paul is not making light of our suffering. Paul is not diminishing our pain. And I want you to see this. Paul does not deal with, with human suffering by making light of human suffering. But instead, Paul deals with suffering by magnifying our hope. By, by pointing to our hope. The hope of, of our glory with God. And so Paul is making the point that the pain of human existence, your present pain, is not worthy to be compared with our future hope. I mean, what, what an astonishing statement. I, I, I wish we were together so I could high-five someone, you know, I'm... I can't even high-five Jesse because it's not safe to do that, apparently, even here right now. But, 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 but what, what an astonishing statement that our, our future hope, our future glory is greater, full stop, period. 
And so waiting patiently in hope means daily setting our affections in the hope of God's promise to make all things new. The universe will be transformed. We will be transformed. And what God does right now in this moment of our lives is to make the hope of this future glory so sweet, so real, and so tangible in this current reality. Waiting patiently in hope. In the hope of God's new world. As I, uh, as I read that text, it's almost as though the, the whole of creation is on tiptoe. Anticipating the, the wonderful sight of God's new world. That this future glory is coming. And so we, we set our affections in that coming world. You see, my, my default is the trust in the things of this world. That's my default. And certainly in this season, that's one of the lessons that I'm being taught. That, that I can't put my trust in the, in the things of this world. And, and so I, I'm being invited into this scripture to, to set my affections in another world. In God's coming, coming world. And so God deals with human suffering by pointing us toward a yet future reality. But, but there's, also, there's also in this text a very present help. And, and this is where we come back to real intimacy with God. That God has not and will not leave us alone while we wait. And so Paul talks about another groaning. It's the groaning of the indwelling Spirit of God. Look at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us, helps you in your weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. While we wait for future glory, we can rest in present help. The Holy Spirit who indwells every believer prays for us with groanings that words cannot express. What a comfort for you today. When words fail, the indwelling Spirit prays for us on our behalf, on your behalf. And so we have two intercessors, one in heaven, our Lord Jesus, who intercedes for us, for our sins, and one in our hearts, the Holy Spirit himself. How, how greatly, greatly we are loved. And right now in this moment, hope collides with tragedy as we set our affections towards God and the hope that we have in him. Hope collides with suffering as we rest in the care and provision of God who even prays for us when our words fail. I want you to know as uh, we finish up here that um, this hope, it can't be manufactured. That this hope, it, it can't be earned, it can't be bought. This hope is a gift of our loving Heavenly Father. 
our God who wants to be with us, who wants to draw near to you, who wants to love on you. This hope is the gift of God to those who believe in the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. And I want you to see how the promise of future hope in this passage was preceded by a stunning gospel announcement at the very beginning of this chapter, going back to verses 1 and 2. The chapter began this way. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. You know what this passage is announcing to us? That our world is under the law of sin and death. We were born under the rule of sin and death. But this passage also announces that through the person and work of Jesus, namely his sacrificial death and life-giving resurrection, we are set free. We are forgiven entirely of our sin. We are set free to live for God. And we are given the gift of hope. Paul goes on to explain in Romans 8 that God condemns sin in the flesh by sending Jesus to pay the penalty for our sin by death on the cross. And the good news is that God has done all the work. He has done everything to bring you into this new realm of forgiveness, new life, and yeah, eternal hope. And the good news is that by God's grace, you can be set free to wait patiently in the hope of God's new world. So yes, we're in a moment we did not see coming. And as I said last week, you know, my role and I think the role of, of your pastors is just to help us walk with God through this season of suffering. And so I invite you today, before, you, before we close and, you know, before you turn CBC back on and, and see what the, the latest update is, I invite you in this moment to turn your affection toward God and His promise that he is making all things new. And I encourage you to wait patiently in hope by fanning the flame of your intimacy with Jesus. Jesse and Elise are going to come back and uh, right now and they're going to lead us in a great closing song. And it's a song that um, really just reminds us about this great hope that we have in God, and, and I trust you'll sing along. Um, just let me say one more thing before, before they sing. This is my second conclusion. Um, how many of you like camping? How many of you kids like camping? Now, when I say camping, I, I don't mean, you know, you're going to hook up your fifth-wheel trailer and, and pull out the driveway or into some motorhome or, you know, up by your nice cottage by the lake. You know, I, I mean, how many of you like camping, like tenting? You know, like spending a few days in a tent and, and, and using an outhouse and, and all of the things that come with, with camping. Uh, it's, it's been a few years since we've done some camping, but we did do some camping on, on occasion. 
Um, you know, I remember spending a, a week, you know, where we were tenting and the joys of that. But you know what camping does? It uh, gives us a greater appreciation for home. Because, because everything is more difficult when you're camping than it is at home. You, know, you wake up in the middle of the night and a, a kid needs to use the washroom. You, yeah, you, you start to get an appreciation for the gift of being home. And so that's what camping does. It really does give us a longing and an appreciation for home. May we, in this moment, may we come out on the other side of this pandemic, by God's grace, let's come out a much deeper people. May it lead to even deeper communion with God. And may it ignite a greater demonstration of joy and thankfulness in our gatherings when we are able to meet again and may this season bring before us the fresh reality of our eternal hope. God truly is making all things new. Let's pray before we sing. Jesus, we set our affections toward you right now. In the midst of the chaos and the noise, in the midst of the, the worry and the pain, we set our affections toward you. By your grace, Lord, we, we set our affections towards you. I'm thankful, Lord, for, for the gift of hope that you've given us. I'm thankful, Lord, that this gift is available to everyone right now who calls upon your name. And I pray for people who are watching this, Lord, to, to trust in you in this moment. Lord, I pray you'd help us to wait patiently in hope. Help us to wait patiently in hope that you're making all things new. And to rest in your care, remembering that even when our words fail, your spirit is praying on our behalf. Oh, Lord, may this day be marked with an overwhelming sense of hope. Your hope. Your hope that is a gift to us. Lord, saturate us today, God, with hope. In Jesus' name. God bless you. I would say go in peace usually, but you're going to stay right where you are, I suppose. Uh, make sure to, to add something helpful on the chat feature. Share something that, that stood out to you about Russell's message today or something to encourage people. And maybe this afternoon you can reach out to somebody that you haven't talked to for a little while and see how they're doing, maybe encourage one another. God bless you.